welcome to Moves That Matter. I am your host, Dr. Clyde Posley, and as usual, I am delighted to have you here with us today. I'm excited. I've got part two of my teaching, Overcoming the Spirit of Anxiety, Overcoming the Spirit of Separation Anxiety. I'm sorry, Overcoming the Spirit of Separation Anxiety. And we'll get to that in just a few moments. But I've got a couple of exciting things I want to talk about with you today. Uh, the first one is I want to remind you about my book and, and an interview that I did on C-SPAN, uh, which is currently airing on C-SPAN two, 1, 2, and 3. You can uh, uh, check the link at the bottom of the screen there and see an interview I, I had with C-SPAN in Washington, D.C. at the Asala Black Authors Conference. I was picked out and, and, and selected because of some of the traction that the book is getting. And I felt so humbled to be there with some of our nation's great uh, authors, uh, some of our black authors. And I'm just excited. I was just excited to participate. And they selected me to be one of their keynote uh, interviews. So that's in Washington, D.C. But you can get it on C-SPAN from the link that's down below us. Also, um, want to talk to you about something that I am so excited about that's going to take place. Two things that's going to take place, which are going to take place in September. First of all, I am have, I'm starting a millennial, millennials on the move worship experience. It's going to be every Sunday morning, uh, tentatively scheduled at 12 o'clock and it's going to be one hour. And it's going to be a format like maybe you've never seen before. We're going to have praise and worship led by our millennials, our, our music ministry, all millennials. And then we, it, it's going to have a 30-minute teaching format, a 30-minute teaching format that's unlike something you've ever probably experienced. You're going to be able to ask audience, ask questions from the audience, and we'll take a couple of questions online um, and right in the middle of the sermon. Now, the sermon will not be a traditional sermon. I and a guest will sit at like a tabletop, uh, like a bar top, and we're going to sit there and we're going to discuss the sermon uh, for the 30 minutes. And you can raise your hand, go to the mic in the middle of the aisle and ask the question, ask for some explanation to get some clarity about what you are hearing preached and taught to you. I won't be walking around. I won't be sweating. I won't be hooping. I won't be hollering. I'll be instructing your spirit by interacting with your soul. And we're going to give you knowledge and information that you can engage with right there. The trick is at, at the end of the sermon, we're done. We're going to bless the Lord in our giving. And in that hour, we're going to be done. That ministry, that worship experience is specifically crafted and designed for millennials. It's going to start at the Antioch Baptist Church, 704 32nd Street, at 12, a, a 12 o'clock, uh, a p.m. every Sunday. And it's, it's going to be start on September the 8th, Sunday, September the 8th, 12 p.m. You don't want to miss it. I'm going to sit with a guest, maybe another millennial, maybe an Indiana Pacer, maybe one of the young Colts, maybe a young politician, maybe just a young millennial who's struggling uh, to find a place in this world. We got a place for you because the beginning and the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. We want to help you with that. I'm looking forward to that. So next thing you're going to see now is I'm going to bring part two to overcoming the spirit of separation anxiety, overcoming the spirit of separation anxiety. Trust me, hit your share button, share this with somebody. You don't want to miss this. I'll be right back.
I'm back, and I'm ready for part two of overcoming the spirit of separation anxiety. You remember last week, I, I grounded this topical message from a passage in the book of First Thessalonians uh, in chapter 2, verse 19, where Paul discusses the fact that he would have come physically to Thessalonica and Macedonia more often, but Satan hindered him. Satan hindered him. We use that, as I said last week, as a springboard to get into our conversation about uh, what's uh, overcoming separation anxiety. Separation anxiety was at the cornerstone of Paul's instruction to the church of Thessalonica in the book of 1 Thessalonians. They were concerned, at, just to recap, at, as to how they were going to move forward with many of the people who had fought the struggle to become Christians as, hard, as dangerous as it was at that time had already died. The question they sent to Paul, which led to Paul's response and his writings about the rapture, was this. What about those people who have gone on? So Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, Now concerning them which are asleep, we shall not prevent the, 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 those that have gone uh, to sleep. Brethren, concerning them that, that you saw are not like others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so also will those who sleep in Jesus, God will bring with him. So P Paul is letting those people, don't worry about what those people that have gone on before. Don't, don't let what you, what has been taken from you keep you from what God is calling you to. Don't allow that. And so we discussed, uh, last week about how, how Satan uses, a, uh, um, our fear of anxiety, uh, uh, separation anxiety against us. And whenever you see fear working, you know God is not working. Satan is the one who is doing that. So I said to you that one of the first things that we must understand about overcoming the spirit of separation anxiety is that Satan, uh, you, we need to be aware that Satan uses this tool uh, uh, against us if we're not careful. But we have to learn, I said last week, to be better stewards of separation. Because anything that God takes from us, any noun, any person, place, or thing that God takes from us, it is only because, I don't care if it's your mother, your father, in this season of mother, uh, that, that we just, just celebrated Mother's Day. Many people, as I explained last week, struggle with separation anxiety. I don't care what happens. If God allows a thing to be taken from the life of a child of God, it is only because... There is something that God is calling you to that the presence of that person, place, or thing was no longer is required for you to get to it. God would not take a tool that you need to get to where you need to go. If he takes that tool, it's no longer necessary. That tool, that person, place, or thing has served their purpose in your life, and now you're being called to something different to work in the kingdom as a child of God. So, Let's move forward and deal with uh, this, uh, other parts of this separation anxiety. We learned last week also that separation anxiety, for the purpose of this teaching, is designed to is is defined like this: anything that that causes us to fear and doubt and struggle with 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 moving forward in God has caused us separation anxiety. If 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 the absence of a, any person, place, or thing causes us to draw back from God, become frustrated, become angry, and operate less in the spirit realm because of its absence. We are struggling from separation anxiety. And you cannot serve God walking backwards. 
You cannot serve God looking backwards. Just just to remind you, there are passages of scripture that remind us about the dangerous, the danger of having separation anxiety, so much so that you look back and cost yourself potentially your future. If you let me digress for just a moment, there's a famous wife whose name was Lot, Lot, whose husband's name was Lot. Lot's wife was being called out of the fire and brimstone of Sodom and Gomorrah as God was destroying the nation for its open, blatant wickedness against him. Abraham's family was being called out of this land, out of the region. And, um, and Lot's wife looked back and the Bible said she turned to a pillar of salt. Uh, uh, archaeologists have found a statue of a female that still in in the city of Gomorrah that still stands, partially stands today, that is made of the salt uh, from the sulfur and the and the uh, chemicals of, of, of that famous raining of sulfur and uh, uh, from the from the sky. And so. Uh, what does this mean? This means that th- Lot's wife looked back because of her anxiety about separating from her homeland, and she became literally stuck there forever. When you get stuck in separation anxiety, you run the risk of being stuck by your emotions in a place that you can't take your uh, eyes off of because you you fear life without it. So let's move forward. What is the next principle that we need to hear in order for us to overcome the spirit of separation anxiety? The next principle we need to know about overcoming the spirit of separation anxiety is that to operate in separation anxiety is to uh, suggest that God can't be God without what I'm separated from. To operate in the spirit of separation anxiety is to operate, is to insult God, is to operate that God cannot be the same God in the absence of what I've been separated from, which brings two important truths to pass. The first important truth it brings to pass is that it's dangerous to insult God that way because God has said, I am the same today, yesterday, and forever. He says in the book of Malachi chapter 6, I'm the Lord thy God, I change not. If God was with you when you had that noun, that person, place, or thing, then God, who does not change, is the same God when you don't have that person, place, or thing. We have to learn to build our hopes on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Uh, This world is filled which uh, there's a song that says time is filled with swift transitions. None on earth unmoved can stand. You need to build your hopes on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand. God does not change. So it's dangerous when we have anxiety as a child of God, as a child of God to have separation anxiety because it suggests that somehow we should be afraid that because of the, 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 that person, place, or thing being gone, life won't be as good. You're saying that that person, place, or thing is why your life was good. And beloved, can I tell you something? Your life ain't never good because of some noun, some person, some place, or thing. Your life is only good because you know God. Your life is only good because you have a relationship with the almighty God that has all power. Another concern uh, that if we did, we need to... 
pay attention to is that when we when we when we struggle with the separation anxiety be, because someone is gone, we, we we literally are becoming idolaters, idolaters. It's dangerous. A lot of times we we fall, we slip into idolatry and don't even know it. There are a lot of times that that we have made put people in God status in divine God status, in supreme God status. And we think our life is only well because of our relationship with those people. We say things like, oh, my goodness, he's gone. Uh, This job is gone. Or this marriage is gone. I don't know what I'm going to do. It is dangerous to say you don't know what you're going to do because something or person or place has shifted. God is still God if your company closes. God is still God if your husband dies. God is still God if your children graduate from college and move to another place. God is still God. If 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 all if my mother and father, my brother and sister forsake me, God will lift me up. Anxiety is a dangerous thing. The apostle Paul tells us be anxious for nothing. But by everything, by prayer and supplication, make your request made known, not into who left, not into what's gone, but make your prayer and supplication made known unto God. And the peace of God, Paul says in Philippians 4, will keep your hearts, minds, and hearts in prayer by Christ Jesus. I think part of why some of us struggle with separation anxiety is we have too much confidence in what people, places, and things can do for us. Mm-mm. No, no. We, you, 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 you cannot let yourself become so anxious that you worry in life about a breakup or you worry in life about a job change. Or you worry in life about what, there are some pastors listening to me who are, who are more worried about what your church members can do to you than what God can do for you. Can I tell you something? God was God before you got called to your church. God will be God after you leave your church. And God is bigger than any person in your church. You follow man of God, woman of God. You follow what it is God has called you to do and let God take care of the rest. I have a friend named uh, Dr. Liggins, Dr. Carl Liggins, and Carl Liggins puts on Facebook every day, carpe diem, which means in Latin, uh, do thy best and leave unto God the rest. You just, your job is to do your job today. You can't worry about what, you can't have let anxiety pop up in your mind. And and sometimes some folks have anxiety because they are afraid of people's response to righteousness. It's not my job to pacify people when God is calling me. You know, uh, Emmanuel Scott was in town, the great preacher from Dallas, former bishop, college teacher uh, there in Dallas, Texas, was in town and a group of preachers were sitting around a table asking him, so how have you done so well? How have you led? How have you pastored? How have you done so well with preaching over the years? And Emmanuel Scott said, it's simple, y'all. It's, it's profound, but it's simple. He says, I found out what was right, and I did that. I found out what was right, and I did that. I need us to get to the place where we understand that you cannot be afraid of what you're going to lose so you, that you have anxiety. I'm going to take a quick break right here, and I want you all to know I'll be right back with a final instruction by overcoming the spirit of separation anxiety. We'll be right back on Moves That Matter. I'm your host, Dr. Clyde Posley. Okay. All right, and welcome back. 
I want to give you one more, one final point about the overcoming the spirit of separation anxiety. And I want to bring up a simple principle, which is something I really try to do, you know, on this show, Moves That Matter. Bring up simple truths. I try to avoid, you know, uh, too much heavy language or too much doctoral thesis kind of information because I'm speaking to people that I hope are just looking for quick answers from Scripture about what they're dealing with. My last point about separation anxiety is in order to overcome the spirit of separation anxiety, ultimately, you need to trust in the sufficiency of God's grace. You see, when people struggle with separation anxiety, what they are indirectly saying to the public and saying to God as well is, I don't trust you, that this change is going to overtake me. Can I tell you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper? As a child of God and every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall the Lord destroy and that this is the heritage of the service of the Lord. There's a catch in there I want to talk to you about. No weapon, every tongue that rises against you, even your own tongue. If you speak against your own self, speaking fear, speaking doubt, God won't even let your own tongue overcome you if he knows that your heart truly trusts in God's grace. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul uh, learns a valuable lesson about separation anxiety, among, among other things, because Paul has been, se- has been separated from health. Well, this is, this is going to be good. This point is going to be good. Paul's health has been touched by God. He goes to the third heaven and gets a revelation about the celestial city. And, and, God, and, and, and unless he be, the Bible says, unless he be, um, puffed up because of the abundance of the revelations that he has seen, God sends him a messenger from Satan. It was given to him a messenger from Satan, uh, uh, a thorn in his flesh to buffet him, lest he, he, be, he should be assaulted above, above measure. This thorn in Paul's flesh gave Paul a bit of consternation. Paul was concerned. Paul was like, man, this, this thing that's coming on my body, nobody knows exactly what it was. But the same author of the book of the Thessalonians that Satan had hindered him is, is Paul, who's talking here, saying that this, I, I'm not comfortable with not being, my body not being as it once was. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with this thing happening in my flesh. I'm not comfortable with being the type of person. Again, I'm still talking about separation anxiety, because sometimes the anxiety that we've been separated from is the man or woman we once were. It's still an expression of separation anxiety. What I need you to know is, Paul speaks for many of us. He went to God three times about this separation from his body being what it once was. And God told him, in effect, I'm not going to move what's wrong with your body. I'm going to leave you separated from what your body once was. That's an under, I can understand Paul getting a little concerned and having some separation anxiety. But listen to what God tells him. But God tells him, but listen, here's what I need you to know. Even though you feel separated because you don't you walk like you used to, you may not be able to talk like you used to, you can't be around the people you may have used to, used to be around, my grace is sufficient for thee. God tells Paul, for my strength, my strength is made perfect in weakness. He literally permits Paul's body, Paul's health, to not be what Paul would like it to be. For Paul to remain separated from the life and the body and the health 
that he would like to have. Telling him that my strength is better for you than what you want. You think it's better for you to be as healthy as you want? I think it's best for you to be as confident in me as I need you to be. We need to learn today, while everybody wants to be healthy and live a long life, it's better to know that you're in God's will. It's better to know that you're in God's will than to have perfect health. And now I want great health, but none of us are going to have perfect health in these bodies which are decaying. Your body's been decaying ever since it came out of your mother's womb because it got exposed to the natural effects of sin on the universe. When it comes to separation anxiety, we cannot live life worrying about what's no longer present or what's not there. You got to live your life excited about the fact that God is using his grace to bring everything you need to be who he's calling you to be, not who he once called you to be. Often we get caught up in a world and a comfortable world that we've been most used to having. But that's not necessarily the atmosphere that God intended for you to stay in forever because we serve a God that's calling us from glory to glory every day. I will not have separation anxiety. God will bring changes and I will keep my hand in God's hands. I will not have separation anxiety. God will bring people in and take them out and I will keep my hand in God's hand. Pastor, will I, will you cry? Yeah, I might cry, but God will not change. And as long as God is still located where he's located, his phone number is still the same, his address is still the same, his power is still the same, I'm going to keep calling him. Why? Because no matter what leaves, as long as he does it, we're okay. Have peace, my brother and sister. Be at peace with God and be at peace with yourselves because God never fails. That is moves that matter today. I'm your host, Dr. Clyde Posley. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate your presence. I appreciate your fellowship. Hit share, encourage, encourage somebody with this and let's move forward. I'll be back next week with something powerful. Pray for me. I got a couple announcements I want to make. I'll be preaching at the Bethel AME Church on 6400 Zionsville Road on May the 22nd in their revive, miracle of, uh, miracle revival on be Wednesday night at seven o'clock. I'll be preaching in Muncie, uh, on May the 17th for an ecumenical service where all the churches and pastors will be coming together for a social justice moment of unity. That's May the 17th. You'll get more instructions about that coming up. My calendar is really full this month. Please pray for me. Thank God for the privilege of being used. Keep this in mind. In life, you are constantly making moves. Why don't you choose to make your moves moves that matter? I'm Dr. Kyle Posley. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.